Hey, if you weren't here last week, um, let me catch you guys up quickly on what this series is all about. And for those of you guys that were here last week, let me just remind you, okay? This series, the greatest of these is love. I wanted to do this series for one big reason. And here was the reason. I, I want to help all of us understand how to not be annoying, prideful, know-it-all, super religious, people can't stand to be around us, followers of Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of this series. Like, I don't know if you guys know people like this, but I do. Um, I'm a kid who grew up in church. A lot of times I think some of you guys that haven't grown up in church and you jumped in a little bit later in the game, you might be more blessed than we are, right? Those of us that grew up in church. I grew up in a very legalistic church, a church that preached a lot of rules. And um, I remember going to church a lot of times and walking in the building and having conversations with the people I just described to you. And I hated talking to these people because I always knew how the conversation was going to go. And here's how it usually went for me, okay? I would stand there as this person who claimed the name of Jesus would start to tell me why, like, um, my long hair was sinful. Like, back then, when I was in high school, I had a lot more hair than this. Uh, I know it doesn't make sense now, but believe me, my hair was long. They they would also tell me why my earrings were were sinful. I still have holes in my ears to this day, but uh, I used to have earrings, and I'd wear them all the time, and they would tell me why that was sinful. Um, They would tell me why the way I dressed was so sinful. They would tell me about the music I listened to, how it was so sinful. And here was always kind of the key thing. It was like, if you'll change this, do this, be more like me, then here's what will happen. God will really like you right? God will really be pleased with you. And so, man, I I grew up around these people that really bothered me. And here's why they bothered me. Well, Well, one, because they were just annoying, right? I didn't like being around people who just wanted to tell me everything that was wrong with me. But here was the bigger reason that it bothered me being around these people. It was because when I opened up this book, and I read its pages, and I read the words of Jesus, and I looked at the way he lived his life, Here's the thing, what Jesus described when it came to people who followed him, it looked very different than the people who said they were following him and telling me I wasn't. And so I'd read this book and I'd look at them and I'd go, man, something's off, right? Something is off and it really, really bugs me because, you know, I, I don't, I hear them saying that they love Jesus, but when it comes down to it, they leave the church building and outside of the walls, when we meet together, they're not really doing much of what Jesus has asked them to do, right? Like they're not hanging out with broken people, right? They're not hanging out with sinful people. They're not hanging out with hopeless people, telling them about the hope found in Jesus Christ. Yet they want to sit back and they want to tell everybody else what's wrong with them. Like, it just bugged me. I'll give you a couple of examples that I remember specifically from high school and college. I, I used to play music and I played a lot. And I used to play in a Christian band. And uh, we weren't very good, but we got to play some cool places, right? Um, we recorded uh, a little five-song album in this in this studio downtown in Atlanta. And uh, this club promoter heard our music. Well, it, it was kind of a cool thing because here we are, Christian band, Christian lyrics, Christian music. This club promoter hears our stuff, and in spite of what we're saying in the message, he, he likes us. And so we get a call, and he's like, hey, dude, you guys want to play at the masquerade. You guys want to play at the tabernacle. You guys want to play at the cotton club. Like, 
we started playing all of these sick places. I remember walking out onto the tabernacle stage for the first time, and I'm standing there going, dude, Dave Matthews has stood right here. Like, I don't know if Dave Matthews, you guys still like him, but when I was in high school, he was the man, right? So I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I mean, I'm not even old enough to get into these clubs, and I'm playing in them. Now, here's how this went. Those people I described to you that I went to church with, that I lived around, did life with, I remember them coming to us, me and four other guys I played music with, and looking at us and going, I can't believe you would go and play music in a place like that. Even though every time I stood on a stage of that nightclub, I pulled a microphone into my hand and looked at a crowd of very drunk, wasted people and shared Jesus with them. Every time. I remember um, back after I graduated college, I moved to Miami, Florida with some of my best friends in the world because a good friend of mine was going to plant a church there, reach unreached people in Miami, right? Well, I remember sending out letters, trying to raise support, telling these people I went to church with, and, and a lot of them, again, the people I described, telling them, man, we're going here, we want to do this church, we want to reach people who don't know Jesus. And I remember having conversations and people looking at me, church people, right? Like people who didn't know Jesus, thought it was awesome. You're going to Miami? Can I come? I mean, they thought it was great. Church people are looking at us going, I can't believe you'd go to a place like Miami. And I remember them specifically. There was one line that I don't know why it always came up, but it did. They would look at us and say, do you know what kind of people are there? That was the line. Do you know what kind of people are there? And I'd look at them very politely and I'd say this, yes, that's why we're going. That's why we're going. Listen to me. Again, I need you to get, I want you to get, I have to get you to get that as Christ followers, we cannot be arrogant, prideful, just know it all, super religious, say we love Jesus, but people can't stand to be around us type of followers. We've got to be those people that walk into the world. We are known by our love. We're motivated, motivated by our love. We're compelled by love to go and to tell people who don't know Jesus that there is a God who loves them and loved them so much that he pursued them and came into this world to die for their sins and to offer for them eternal life. So again, the purpose of this series is this. I want to send a bunch of students out into all of the schools in this area who walk the hallways and have people looking at you going, something doesn't make sense. Like these are kids that don't just say they believe something and then do something else. These are kids who say what they believe and they actually live like they believe it, like they love their God. And they don't just love God, like they love other people. They take care of people. They take care of each other. They have other people's backs. They defend people who can't defend themselves. They're always there when somebody's hurting or needs help. Like that's those people. That's what I want for us. That's what I want for you guys. Here's the deal. You want to see your schools change this year for Christ? You want to see God do something in your schools that you can't pull off? You got to be known by love. You've got to be known by love. You've got to be motivated and compelled by love. That's what it's going to take. So in Mark chapter 12, Jesus makes a very strong statement about love. I, I told you last week, Jesus is teaching. He's asked a question. And the question he's asked is this. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment, right? There, there's a guy that comes to Jesus and he basically asks him, if there's one thing I can devote my life to, what would that one thing be, right? Like what should I sell myself out to? And here's what Jesus responds with in Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 29. The Bible says, Jesus answered this guy, 
And he said, the most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then Jesus goes on and he says, and the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. If you were here last week, you heard me talk about the first part of that verse where Jesus says, listen, if you're my followers, you're going to be known by your love for God, right? You're going to be known as people who love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. You're going to be people who love God with a perfect sincerity, not in a hypocritical way. That's what Jesus meant when he said, love God with your heart. He said, you're going to love God with your emotions and your feelings. This is what Jesus meant when he said, you love God with your soul. Like, listen to me, if you are a follower of Jesus, you're going to feel something for him, right? You can't just say you love him and have no affection for him. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, you're also going to love God with your mind. So you're going to think of God when it comes to things that you do in life. You're going to love him with your decision-making, with your intellect, with your reasoning. It means you can't do anything in life without God being a thought that's present in your brain. And then Jesus also says you're going to love God with, with your, your strength. You're going to love him with this, with this intensity, with this energy, with this passion. You're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to show God that you truly do love him. That's what Jesus means when he says this. Now, In the very next part of the verse, what does he say? He says, and not only that, but you've got to be known as people who love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I need you to get that. Jesus doesn't say just love your neighbor, does he? He says you've got to love your neighbor as who? You know what that means, right? Like the way you love you. The way that we love ourselves so much and we take care of ourselves and we pamper ourselves and, you know, whatever that looks like. Jesus is saying, you've got to love other people in that same exact way. Now, here's the next question. Who, who is your neighbor? You guys know who your neighbor is, right? Don't say like, Mike, he lives next door to me. That's not what I mean. Who, who's, who's your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Everybody, right? I don't know. Lindsay, oh, you're, you're awesome. Everybody. When Jesus says that you should love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus is simply looking at us and going, Dude, you need to love everybody that's not you the same way you love you. Right, that's, that's the point Jesus is making here. Now, here's what we're going to do. Tonight and next week, we're going to spend our time together talking about what it looks like to love our neighbors as ourselves. Next week, we're going to spend the whole night talking about how you and I as Christ followers should love the people outside the walls of the church. Okay, that's what we're going to spend our time next week talking about so you make sure you're here unbelievably important night, okay? Um, Tonight, here's what we're going to spend our time talking about. We're going to talk about how you and I should love each other as people who say we know Jesus. Tonight, we're going to talk about how you and I should love the other people sitting inside this room. Now, here's a big question I want to raise, the same one we, we raised last week. The question, why? Why? As a high school kid, why in the world should you give a rip about loving other people who claim to believe in the same Jesus you believe in, right? I I think that's a question that we've got to ask. Like football players, look at me. Why should you love band members? Why why should you love the band kids sitting in here? Um, Seniors, seniors, why should you love the freshmen sitting inside this room? Instead of throwing them in trash cans, like why should you love them? Um, How about this? Why should you, listen to me, look at me. Why should you... If you wear black and silver as a raider, why should you love the kids from... Yeah, awesome. Okay, good. Um, 
Why should you love the kids from up north that wear the blue and gray, right? Why should you love those kids? Why in the world, why in the world, listen to me, why in the world does it matter if you love people who dress differently from you, act differently than you, listen to different music than you listen to, hang out with a different kind of group that you hang out with? Why should you even love those people who annoy the heck out of you and get on your nerves every time you're around them, right? Why should you love those people? And, and let's just say this, let's get it out there. Don't try to be so, so super spiritual. I know you have those people in your life. I have those people in my life, right? And if you're sitting here tonight going... I don't really know any of those people. You're the person. Like, you're, you're the person we're all trying to love, all right? So, um, why should we love each other? This is the big question. If you still have your Bibles out, turn it over to 1 John chapter 4. This is where we were last week, and let's answer this question. Why in the world, for those of us in the room, say we know Jesus, why is it so important that we truly do love each other. 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start back in verse 10. Again, you guys were here last week. This is familiar, but let's read it together. It says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And, And listen, here's the key. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Last week when I asked that question, like why should you love God truly with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength? Remember what I said? I said it's because God first loved you. The, The answer is really simple. You should love God like that because when you were an enemy of God, God sent his son Jesus into the world to die in your place for your sins so that you could have a relationship with God and receive eternal life. Like that's why we love God as believers in Christ because God loved us. So why should we love other people? Why should we love people who love Jesus too? Um, Here's the answer. You ready for it? Because God first loved us. Because God first loved us us. That's why we should love other people because God, when we were his enemy, sent his son Jesus to die in our place for our sins so that we could have a relationship with him and receive eternal life. Look at me. When you realize, when you realize that God loved you in spite of you, when God loved you in spite of all your mistakes, he loved you in spite of all your failures. He loved you in spite of how different you are from him. Guess what? It's not so hard to love other people anymore. When you understand that God loved you when you were absolutely unlovable, it's not so hard to look at the guy down the street and go, all right, he knows Jesus, I know Jesus. Let's kind of get together on this thing and let's love each other. Now, here's the amazing thing that happens when you and I do this. And here is the next part to our answer of why we should do this. Because John says, when we truly love each other, as people who know Jesus Christ, the world gets a picture of who God is. Did you catch that in verse 12? Look, John says, nobody has seen God. Like, there's not a single person walking around on the face of the planet that can raise their hand and go, man, I know what God's like. I've seen him. I've met him. We've talked face to face. John goes, no, no, nobody has ever seen him. And then John looks at us and he goes, but if you guys will love each other, 
Like as the church, as people who know Jesus, forget about the differences. If you guys will truly come together, truly love each other, the world around you will get a picture of who God is through your life and through your love for each other. Like this is so cool. Nobody's seen God, but when we love each other, they start to see him. I think about the church that we've talked about so much in Acts chapter 2 when I think about how you and I should really love each other. You guys remember that crazy, insane church? The Bible said that they loved each other so much that they sold possessions and they gave to anybody as they had need. So here was a bunch of people, right? They loved Jesus. Jesus said, go into all the world, tell people about me, baptize people, teach people what I've commanded you. And so they're on this mission together and something happens like, dude, I lost my job, right? I can't pay my rent. I can't pay my mortgage. I can't feed my kids. So buddy down the street goes, dude, I got a plan. I got this plot of land. Let me sell my land. You can have the money, right? You can feed your kids. You can pay your rent. You can do all this stuff. Little Bobby can't buy school supplies. So Johnny down the street who cut grass all summer long to save up for an Xbox, right? He looks at Bobby and goes, dude, we love Jesus. We're on the same team. We're doing the same thing. Like our our lives are heading the same direction. Why don't you take grass cutting money, buy your school supplies? I love you. Dude, I have your back. We're following Jesus. We love Jesus. We're on mission for Jesus. And when I do this, people are going to see Jesus in this. Like this is the kind of church that that was happening in Acts chapter 2. Here's what I want to tell you. When a group of people who all say they know Jesus loves each other like that, it's hard for the world to look at that group of people and to argue against how God has changed their lives. Like, look at me. If you had a buddy in need and you went home and sold your flat screen TV right on like Craigslist and you gave your dude all the money, your boy, tell me that if you went to school next day and your friend who didn't know Jesus said, why in the world did you do that? Well, that's my boy. Like, dude, we, we love each other. And, uh, you know, he, he was in need. So I sold him. I just gave him the money and it's all about Jesus. And so let me tell you about Jesus. Are you telling me that dude's not going to look at that and go, oh, that's stupid, right? He's not real. No, he's going to look at that and go, okay, something here doesn't make sense. And I may not believe exactly what you believe, but obviously something's different in your life because people just don't love people like that, Right? It's hard to argue against who God is when people truly love each other that claim his name. So here's my question for you tonight. And and I want you to look at me, and I just want you to think about your answer to this question. I I just want to read it exactly how I wrote it. Is it important enough to you? Is it important enough to you that people see God in and through your life that you would be willing to put aside differences, mistakes, failures, and even offer forgiveness in order to truly love the other people sitting inside this room who know Jesus? I know that's a long question, but let me just read it one more time, okay? Listen to this. Is it important enough to you, right now, just think about your answer, is it important enough to you that people see God in and through your life? Is it so important that you would be willing to put aside differences with other people, let go of people's past mistakes, overlook people's failures, even offer forgiveness to people that you're at odds with in order to truly love the other people sitting inside this room. Here's what I'll tell you in response to this question. Jesus thinks it should be. Jesus thinks it should be important enough for all of us to look past mistakes, to look past failures, to put aside differences, to offer Forgiveness. I want you to listen to what Jesus had to say when it comes to the topic of you and I loving each other. In John chapter 34, he's looking at his own followers, his own disciples, and he says, a new commandment I give to you, 
that you love one another just as I have loved you. You're to love one another. And here's the key. He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In John chapter 17, Jesus was praying right before he went to the cross to die for our sins. And here's what he prayed. He said, Father, I pray that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, I pray that they also may be in us. So that what? So that the world may believe that you have sent me. I want you to think about this. The night before Jesus was brutally murdered and tortured, he was on his face praying to God for you and for me. I mean, he wasn't just praying for his boys that were following him. Go and read John 17, and he goes, I pray for all those people that are going to come in the future. Like all those people. I want to pray for them. And my prayer over them was this. God, I pray that they'd love each other. I pray that they'd be one. I pray that they would be united. And he prayed that, and he said, and I pray that, God, so that the world will believe what? That you sent me. Guys, here's what I need you to understand. That is the heart of God for us as his church because when you and I truly love each other, the world outside the walls of this place actually start to believe that God sent Jesus into the world to do what he said he came to do. But guys, you got to get, we, we don't love each other. Like I'm not standing here tonight going, hey, as the church, it'd be a good idea if we could just all get along, right? Like let's put some things aside. Let's love each other and fix some relationships. And that'd be fantastic if we could do that, right? The world's watching. Let's not act like idiots. That's not what it's about. Like it goes beyond that. Tonight when I get up and I'm saying, man, we've got to love each other. We got to have each other's backs. We got to take care of each other. Guys, here's the reason, because people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior depends on it. Jesus prayed, man, I want people to truly believe that you sent me into the world, and so, man, help them love each other. That's why we've got to do it. Um, How many of you guys were here last week? You guys were here? Um, You guys remember me telling you about the Corinthian church, the crazy church that was getting drunk at communion? Um, They were cursing the name of Jesus. Um, you had dudes in the church sleeping with their stepmoms. Like it really, yeah, really bad stuff. Um, here's the deal. You remember uh, what I told you that the biggest problem in the church was? The problem with that church is that what? They didn't have love for each other. They were divided. You had a bunch of people constantly fighting with each other, fighting for position, trying to be better than each other. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to them and he goes, listen, dude, it doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how super religious you try to be. It doesn't matter if you have faith that can move mountains. It doesn't matter if you would lay down your life for what you believe in. He goes, none of that matters because why? Because you don't love each other. And Paul said, you're actually just annoying and you're living meaningless lives. Like nothing matters because you don't love each other. Guys, here's what I need you to get. Outside the walls of this church, people do not care how much you know. They don't. Listen, try something this week. Sit down with somebody who doesn't know Jesus and tell them all the theological things you know and all the Bible verses you know. See how much they care, right? People don't care how much you know. People do not care how many rules you can follow. They don't care if you're the most moral, upright. They don't care. People do not care how much faith you say you have. People outside the walls of this place could care less if you walk around saying you would die for what you believe in. You want to know what the people outside the walls of this place want to know? They want to know that as a believer in Jesus Christ, that you actually believe what you say you believe. That's what people want to know. 
I mean, they, they don't care about how much we talk. They want to see in our lives that we truly believe what we say we believe. And here's what you have to get tonight. When you say you believe in Jesus, you will be characterized by love for other people who believe in Jesus. If you go back to 1 John 4, don't flip there. John says it. He says, let us love each other. Love's from God. Whoever loves has been born of God. Whoever loves knows God. Listen to this. Anyone who doesn't love doesn't know God. Why? Because God is love. It's who he is. So if you know him, you love people. You love other people who know him. Guys, as Christ followers, here's what we have to be. We have got to be people who go to each other when we're frustrated over what somebody has said or what somebody has done. And we've got to look that person in the face and we've got to say, man, we've got to get this right because the world needs to see God in us. They need to see God through us. And if we're at war with each other, if we're not loving each other, that's not going to happen. Like as Christ followers, we've got to be those people who instead of getting frustrated and annoyed by those people that cause us to just lose our patience, we need to get on our faces each day and we need to pray and we need to say, God, help me to have patience, right? When Mark comes around, help me not to kill him, right? He annoys me to death. God, help me to love him. Give me patience when he comes around because I want people to see you in me and in our love for each other. We've got to be those people, and, and maybe this will hit home with some of you guys. We've got to be those people who quit posting stupid stuff on Facebook about each other. Everybody look at me for just a minute right now. This is going to get serious for two seconds, and then, I'll, and then we'll move on. There are some of you in the room right now who I could call out by name and put your Facebook on the screen, and you'd be horrified that I actually know what you're posting, right? Some of it's ridiculous. And some of you guys in here that do that say you know Jesus, look at me, stop, stop. If it's that much of a temptation for you to get on Facebook and act like an idiot, delete your Facebook. We have no time as the church for posting publicly things that tear down our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. There's no time for it. There's a world outside the walls of this place that need to know Jesus. And when you and I get on some public website and we bash each other, all they see is a bunch of stupid religious people who say they believe something but don't really believe it because they can't even get on the same team to accomplish the one mission that the God we say we love has called us to. Get off, man, quit, quit, please, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, stop. You want to post something on Facebook, post a Bible verse, post a Bible verse. Talk about how much you love the Lord, post some song lyrics from some of the songs we sing. If you need some, email me, I'll send them to you, right? Post something that's life-giving, that's life-changing, that lifts up other people and speaks highly about the God we say we love. There's no time for it. Some of us, we've got to stop gossiping. We've got to stop talking about each other behind other people's backs, and we've got to get on the same team, and we've got to apologize. I've been an idiot. I'm sorry. I talk too much. You have every right, if I'm talking too much, to look at me in the face and tell me to shut up because I know I do it, and I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, right? Forgive me. We need to love each other because the world needs to see our love for each other and our love for God so that they can believe Jesus really is who he said he was. Some of us in the room, we got to quit fighting over boyfriends and girlfriends, right? We got to quit worrying about who's popular. We've got to put aside the fact that I'm a senior and they're freshmen. We got to put aside the fact that I go to this school and they go to that school. I play on this team and they play on this team. Guys, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have got to be of one heart, one mind, one love, one purpose. 
We've got to be about Jesus. And that's all we need to be about. We've got to truly love each other like Jesus has loved us in spite of mistakes, in spite of failures, in spite of differences so that the world can see who he is. That's who we've got to be. Again, I I told you earlier, man, I want to see your schools change this year. I hope some of you guys do too. Like my heart and my prayer for this year is this. My prayer is that we would see so many of your schools turned upside down for the kingdom of God. Like I pray this year, man, that stuff would happen in the lives of some of your friends that makes no sense. Man, I'm already praying for people at at some of the schools, man, that, that God would use you in unbelievable ways. And I pray that it would happen. I really do. But again, here's what I know. It's not gonna happen unless you and I love each other like we're supposed to. The mission that God's called us to, we don't do it alone. We do it with other people, right? We do it with other people. And so if we're gonna pull it off, it has to be something that we do together. Um, Some of you guys tonight, you need to grab somebody by the hand. You need to ask for forgiveness. Some of you guys tonight in a little bit when we sing our, our final song before we leave tonight, Instead of singing that song, you need to walk in the hallway, you need to get on the phone, you need to call somebody, right? Some of you guys need to go home tonight and you need to apologize to your mom and dad because you've been a complete jerk to them, right? You're disrespectful, you're rude. Your mom and dad, man, you need to go home and you look them in the face and go, I'm sorry, I say I love Jesus, I have not been acting like it here at home. I need you to forgive me. Some of us, we just gotta get some things right with people if God is really gonna use us this year. And I'm begging us to do anything we've gotta do tonight to walk out of this place truly united so that other people outside the walls of this place will see God in us. That's my prayer, that's my prayer.